So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, cats, dogs, priests, nuns, pedophiles, blacks, whites, two-leggeds, four-leggeds, everybody. We are the most inclusive podcast on the face of the entire planet. Incidentally enough, also the most inconsistent. We've had we've had a rough go the past couple weeks. I'd say that that's more than accurate. It is season two, episode something of the world famous So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. As a friendly reminder, because I know it's been a while, my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. Interestingly enough, we are still trending in the top 5% of podcasts. Yes, even though we've missed a couple of weeks. Yeah, more than a couple, actually. We picked up a lot of new listeners in our time off. I like that. Yeah, me too. It's exciting. We appreciate the newbies. We do, and we apologize for our delinquency. Yeah, I don't even know if that... I feel actually terrible. Yeah, so do I. A couple weeks ago, I think the downhill slide started, for the podcast anyways. For us personally, it was lovely, because we spent a week at Jim and Value's Bed and Breakfast. We did. We went on a nice, lovely, uninterrupted vacation. It was a great time. The weather was gorgeous. The food was good. The memes was on point. Yes. Mimi is Megan's mother. Mm Mm-hmm also known as Velia. And we had some visitors down the shore. It was really just a wonderful week. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Grammy Jude uh, poisoned Frankie. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. She gave her drugs. She did not. She was unsupervised. I'm pretty sure you were supposed to be watching her. No, she's unhinged. Well, I don't know. Frankie may be unhinged. Frankie also is unhinged. Yeah. Grammy Jude, definitely. I think that's part of the reason we've been missing. Frankie has been in a sleep regression that may be the death of all of us. Seriously. It actually seems like we're turning the corner sort of now, but it was progressively getting worse and worse till about two weeks ago. It was like after midnight and she was demanding fresh mozzarella. (laughs) <laughs> That's my girl. Like, I literally have no idea. <laughs> it was awful. I occasionally also have the 2 a.m. wake up, and I'm looking for, like, caviar or something salty. She wasn't waking up, though. She wasn't even in bed yet. Like, she was, like, I don't know, becoming a night owl. Well, as you know, as after 6, maybe sometimes 7 p.m., I'm an uninvolved parent. Yeah, so I was at my wit's end. Well, it's a shame. We also couldn't record, though, because we couldn't just leave her unsupervised. Yes. True story. So that was part of the problem. So do you want to start at the beginning of the summer, or do you want to work backwards? We're going to do a summer in review. Okay. I guess we should start at the beginning. Do you want to go backwards? Is this one of those times you ask me a question, but you're going to do what you want anyway? I mean, I don't see why the podcast should be any different from our lives. (laughs) Go ahead, honey. Then you tell us where to jump off from. I like that. Yeah. So as you're all well aware, I've gone back to work, back to a real job, as unimpressive as that is. It's like a second job because he's still like super busy at real estate and working that job. It's almost unfortunate because literally I started driving again, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Maybe. No, a month now. Maybe it's been a month. Yeah. Yeah. 
in over the past month, I have spent more time at my computer, uh, more time at showings, more time negotiating transactions than I think I have quite literally the entire rest of 2022. Yeah. So he's having like a nice uptick in his real estate business, which is lovely, but he's also driving a truck and leaving the house at 2.15 in the morning. That is correct. And the whole reason I started doing this was because I sort of, you know, had a, a freak out a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was a couple of months ago, if we're going to be honest or accurate, I suppose. And I was like, oh, my God, interest rates have literally doubled. Uh, I, I don't I just I don't know. I'm not certainly not saying that there's a housing crash coming soon. I think the real estate market is very strong. But for the longest time, you had buyers that were willing to offer quite literally every penny of their savings to buy these houses. And now it's softening. 100%. So, I don't know. Yeah, so Chris got back in a truck and Frankie went to daycare. And I redid the bathroom. It was a busy week. It was a busy week. So the good part, I guess, about Frankie going back to daycare is, correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, but she has certainly gotten more of a schedule. Absolutely. If nothing else, and right? And she's exhausted. Like, she started asking to go to bed at 3.30 this afternoon. So did I, frankly. I know. But the girl asked me when I picked her up the other day, she's like, is Frankie on a schedule at home? And I looked at her and I was like, well, yeah, here's her schedule. We go show a property. We come home. We cocoa melon. She does what she wants. Yeah, so actually not really at all. That's my schedule. Yeah. So daycare is helping with that. She was very unimpressed. Frankie, however, has not transitioned well to the daycare. No, it's been a rough week. A rough week. Now, I anticipated this. Daycare drop-off for the first week, two weeks, is always difficult. They cry. That's normal. They get over it. Here's the thing. Frankie is fierce. Mm. In fact, one of the daycare providers even commented on that. That exact word. Not sure if it's a compliment. Not until she's in a boardroom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Frankie is going to carry on with this crying maybe for months just to prove her point. That's daddy's little girl. So it has been absolutely gut-wrenching dropping her off every day. Would you say that you're struggling with it more than Frankie is? I don't know if more because like she's like hysterically crying, pressed up against the glass, begging me to come back. So, I mean, I think she's struggling. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, it's horrible. Like, I, when I dropped off Friday at daycare, I was like, thank God I'm done for the week. Like, I, I could not do it another day. I needed a break. It is. And for a very simple act, if that sounds right, mm -hmm. I mean, you're literally dropping her off at the front door. They take her inside. You're not allowed to go inside when you do drop-offs anymore. Thank you, COVID. It's hard. It's horrible. Just that one simple thing, that, that one-minute snippet of your life is challenging. Well, it's awful because as your parent, like, your job is, like, you never want to see your kids hurting. Mm. And she is crocodile tears, hysterically crying, holding on to me for dear life as they, like, pry her out of my arms every morning. So I'm emotionally exhausted from that. And I get the opposite end of it when I go to pick her up. I mean, yes, she's excited because she's like, oh, thank God I get to leave this fucking place. But, like, I went to pick her up on Friday and she, like, jumped out of her chair. She was so excited. And that, like, 
that honestly killed me. Like that really tore at my heartstrings because I was like, oh, does, she, does she not like it? No. Is this the right thing for her? And I know deep down inside, like, yes, it is the right thing for her. It was just, I don't know, that was the first time that I really questioned that decision of putting her in daycare. And the thing is, Frankie is going to love school. She loves to learn. She loves to color. She loves to play outside. Like, she will love school. She loves other kids. She does. She's just having a tough time adjusting. I- I'm telling you, Chris, I-, I would switch with you in a heartbeat. Here I am, the evil drop-off mom. you got to be the hero at the end of the day that picks her up. Like, I, so unfair. I don't know if anybody's read the book of our lives before, but that's <laughs> typically the story. How it here. goes. Yeah, exactly. Um. But she will love it. It's just, it's going to take her longer to adjust, and it's hard. It certainly is. All right, let's back up a little bit further. So we were down the shore. Grammy Jude poisoned Frankie. She did not. All right, let's back up a little bit further. What's next? I don't know. I think I, I, think I would have done better starting at the beginning. Well, that's not how my mind works. <sighs> this summer was... One of the best and also one of the worst summers we've ever had. I agree. I haven't talked about this yet on here, and I'm going to. Um, In the spring, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. I think people that listen, people that know us, know that I'm very close to my family. Oh, absolutely. So my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, We thought it was very early stage, and... She still has a good prognosis, but unfortunately, there was some lymph node involvement, so she had to go through chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. My mom is tough as nails. I literally thought she would have surgery, get chemo, and go out shopping after. Like, it would be no big deal. Which, to her credit, she kind of did at some points. And... I for, you know, I've been a nurse for, God, over 16 years, a nurse practitioner for almost 10. But a doctor for none. And of that, probably 14 of those years was spent working in oncology, either full-time or part-time. Really? Yeah. I was, I did oncology right out of college. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then I, I did oncology all the way until I got my NP in 2000 and. 13 and then I took a job as a nurse practitioner in oncology until 2016 and then I worked that summer and the following summer even after I left and went to college health um back there uh, hanging chemotherapy so Hmm. you know and then I took a break when I worked maybe three summers I took a break and then you know two years ago I went back to doing oncology per diem you know, in addition to my full-time job. Mm. So I know chemotherapy. I mean, that's what I've done. I've My 99% of my career has been in this field. I, I wasn't saying that to be an asshole. I just, I didn't, I knew you had worked in oncology for a while. I didn't know it was I'd literally a decade and a half. Yeah, that's where I started. That's where I spent the majority of my career. Huh. So, um... I knew what to expect, I thought, right? Like, I've done this. I could help her manage her symptoms. Like, it is going to be just fine. Sure. Surgery was great. She sailed through it. Mm -hmm. Healed amazingly well. Was, like, up and driving soon after, you know, like, back to her normal self. And then chemo started. 
And I was very lucky and not lucky in a sense that I didn't have a lot of work, May and June. I really only worked one day a week. Mm -hmm. Financially, this was a problem. However, the timing couldn't be better um, because I was able to go to treatments with my mom. Yes. So um, we go to the first chemo. Things seem to be going well. She has a little bit of a reaction on the way home, but we stop for dinner. She's okay. (laughs) And she would have treatment. And then it was, you know, an IV treatment, two weeks of pills, one week off, and then repeat the cycle. And out of all of the chemotherapy regimens, where would you say this one rates in terms of, I don't know if toxicity is the appropriate word? Uh, Where would you rate this in terms of uh, being a functional human being? Yeah, this is a tough regimen. Don't get me wrong. This is Mm. an extremely tough regimen. However... I still wasn't that worried because, again, my mom is tough as nails. Absolutely. I've never seen her sick. I'm, I mean, I have, but, like, she just kept chugging through like moms have to do when they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, by, I guess, the second week after that first treatment, she was down for the count. And I'm going to take a rare break from my typical role on this show here. Um, and I don't want to... I don't want to say this meanly or it's certainly not a dramatic statement or anything like that, but it, I mean, it physically hurt to look at your mom. It was horrible. Like she was not doing well. She was okay, meaning like, you know, she was going to make it, but at sort of the same time, like we were cleaning out your parents' house, we were listing your parents' house to sell. And you guys were involved in a lot of that. But it, I mean, I've spent the more time around your parents this summer than I have probably the entire four years that we've been together. And it was, I mean, it was hard to, to be there at some points in time. She was like a different person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my mom is a constant go, go, go. She's always doing something. She's like me. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, cooking, cleaning, shopping. Always on the go, out for a walk every morning, just like a really active person. My mom's the type of person that's like carrying the laundry basket up in one arm as she's using the dustbuster to go up the stairs. Like she never doesn't do anything. Who the fuck has a dustbuster? My mom. She loves a dustbuster. I kind of want one. Hard no. Moving on. So anyway, we went from this completely self-assured because my mom's also like the most like self-assured self-confident just like there's so many things that I admire about my mom and it was all just really beat the fuck up I mean that that's the only way to describe it yeah I went from you know seeing my mom as someone who never needed help from anyone to literally having to carry her in the house and change diapers like that that's how bad it had gotten at some point mm-hmm. um now they ended up having to make some changes to her chemo they had to decrease the dose they actually had to give her a week off at some point because she was that sick um but it, it was it was rough i would say may and june was touch and go for a while Yes, and never, ever touch and go like, you know, we're going to lose her touch and go. It was no. touch and go like, I don't even know how to describe it. No, I don't either. I, and I, it was definitely one of the hardest things that I've ever had to watch. Now, I will say that I was so completely honored mm. that I, I spent 
those couple months really taking care of my mom. Yeah. And I felt so blessed that I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't working much. I would go down the shore with them. I would take her to appointments. You know, I was really just able to be there for her, which, you know, after everything she's done for me in my life and continues to do for me and my family on a daily basis, you know, that was such a blessing. Um, But to say that this summer was easy would be the understatement of a lifetime. We had some good times. We did some great things. We had some good family time. um, But it rocked me to my core. I, I agree to that. And again, this will this will just go to show you how the alcoholic can be the most selfish selfish and self centered person in the face of or on the face of the universe. When she first got diagnosed, I was like I was taken aback by it, of course, obviously, because that's, you know, relatively shocking news. And literally at the same time I'm in the back of my head like that's so fucking unfair. Like, what if something happens to her? I'm never going to be able to, like, really know this woman. Like, I, I instantly made it about me. Like, what an asshole. Well, that's not shocking. But, no, definitely. I mean, I definitely felt that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not fair. I'm, you know, 38 years old. I'm not ready to lose my mom. No. You know, and I don't think we ever are ready to lose a parent. Say. Uh, You know, I don't think you're ever ready to lose a parent. Like, my grandmother died last year, and my mom wasn't ready to lose her, and she was in her 90s. I mean, she was, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was still hard. Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point, you know, you have to be able or be ready to let go, if that makes sense. But I don't think you're ever prepared for, like, you know, going through the process of, you know, burying a loved one. No, definitely not. So the good news is my mom is back. She finished chemo. Oh, oh, she sure is. About three weeks ago. And I think she's been out every night since. Are you nuts? (laughs) She is back at her, you know, in her fighting spirits. She is, you know, her and my dad have a super active social life, much better than ours. Oh, yeah. They're out constantly together. They have tons of friends. Um... And she's back to living her life, which is amazing because there was a time, you know, two months back that I was not sure she was going to recover from it. Well, same here. Again, you know, uh, the only person that I know as Mimi is up and go, go, go 24-7. As a matter of fact, a couple of times we were down the shore and over at the house helping them, you know, clean or pack things up or whatever it was. You know, she would go to pick something up. And I mean, I don't want to use the term deathly ill, but she was like almost like dope sick ill. She was like infirmed. No energy, like completely drained, sick as a dog, coming out both ends, quite literally. And I was like, Mimi, stop. Yeah. Like one of us will do it. And she looked at me like almost snapped at me at one point. And she was like, are you shitting me coming from you? And I was like, I know. Like, I can only imagine... If I was to ever get a cancer diagnosis, I would, frankly, be preferred to take into a field and somebody shoot me. It's like I could not do that. Well, and I think the thing is, you know, when you lose, like she lost her independence. She didn't drive for two months. Mm. And we always joke that like when my mom's like 95 years old, I'm going to have to take away her driver's license. Like we will, but she'll somehow still the, still the car. The police are going to be calling. Like we found the old lady again at TJ Maxx. You have to come get her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she is like such an independent 
person. She's never needed anyone to take care of her a day in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was quite the opposite. And you know what? Kudos to her. Like, I, I mean, first of all, for her surviving it. But second of all, for then, she did accept the help. You know? She did, which was, for her, probably the hardest part of the whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for a lot of us, frankly. So we made it through. Now, interestingly enough, right, you bring it back to the alcoholic thing. Oh, thank God. I know, right? So during this time, which was extremely stressful, I really didn't have the temptation to drink. Huh. If that makes sense. I was almost hoping you were going to actually be honest for a moment. No, I'm being completely honest. Oh. Because I knew during this time, like, how needed I was, and drinking wasn't an option. All right, so I'm going to do what I do best. Okay, I'm ready. Your children needed you years ago, or your child. Yeah. Your husband needed you. Your coworkers needed you. And you may not have missed a day because you were, you know, sick and banged up in bed. So that can't be the reason why. Uh, I think it Something is. Something else has to have changed. Well, that's what I was going to say. People have depended on you since, you know, you were born more or less in various different roles in one way or another, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think now that I've, you know, gone through the steps that I've found recovery, I'm not a 100% self-centered individual anymore. Eh. You know? So, like, I. Let's go with, like, 75 I mean, I was able to show up for her. You certainly were. And knew at that point that the only thing drinking would accomplish would be to give her one more thing to worry about. And she didn't deserve that. Mm. You know? That's quite profound. But that was, you know, what kept me sober during that time, believe it or not. Mm. I would say now... Um, like I feel good this week, but you know, every day is a new day. Yeah. I would say when Chris went back to work, so, you know, Chris is working now driving a truck. So he's going to bed at seven o'clock at night mm. and then Frankie wasn't sleeping and then now she's sleeping, but I'm spending a lot of time alone. Yes. I would say that's more of a trigger for me. I think loneliness mm. is more of a trigger for me than, um, an actual stressful time. Does that make sense? It sure does, and I want to make sure that I am doing what I should be doing by you and for you as a husband. So if you would like, I am totally willing to open up this marriage. You can get yourself a side piece, just not on the couch. I don't find that funny. No? No. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Because that's not what the loneliness is about. Well, then what is the loneliness? I think it's, uh, you know. Do you want a dildo? No. Why not? Because you're not, you're missing the whole point. So they sell these kits that I can literally just put my dick in like a a bucket of plaster and then I can mold my penis for you. Honey, if I was going to get a dildo, it wouldn't be yours. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but honest. It's an honest program, honey. It sure is. <laughs> but I love you. No, it's not that at all. It's. You know, Chris and I have talked about this before on this show when we feel like we're not connecting. Now, I have to say we've actually done a good job during this, even though we're not physically seeing each other or spending a lot of time together, Mm -hmm. staying connected. I think that you, shockingly, have done a good job at insuring that. It's because I need insurance. But I, I do think that 
you know, for me, it's like, you know, the checking in. How are you? How was your day? Like stuff like that seems so simple. But that makes me feel connected. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel wanted. You know what I mean? And I think you've done a good job at doing that. And to my defense, as well as, frankly, my benefit, as most things are in this relationship, I knew that you were struggling with the whole drop-off thing. Yeah, this was it was bad. Um, and I also know you. I know you, you know, the ins and outs, the... the really the triggers the hot points the hot button topics how to really push your buttons which you love to do on a daily basis I sure do I like to keep it interesting but like I knew that I knew that this was going to be a huge transition for for you frankly for us for our family for everybody involved under this roof even for my beloved bird dog who's used to having somebody around 24-7. Like, mm. I know you don't give a fuck, nope. but that's a huge transition. No, it is. It is. Like, we are in, we got a difficult couple weeks, months, years ahead of us right now. Yeah, who knows? I didn't, I don't, I certainly, I mean, I, I do enjoy it. Uh, there's a lot to be said about not having to deal with, you know, any bullshit for 8, 10, 12 hours a day and just rip cigarettes and listen to horrible 80s music. But this is, I mean, the reality of our situation is we started out together in our late 30s. When we both came to this relationship, we had a mountain of debt. We had nothing in savings. Megan was recently divorced. I had recently moved or relocated to this state with nothing, 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 nothing. And while we have accomplished a lot in the past couple of years, I, we're still like, I, I guess at this point, what, 25, 26-year-old kids? Yeah, I was just going to say, we'd be in a great position if we were like 24. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so biologically, yeah, we're 40 and 40 plus. Um, <laughs> financially, we are well behind the ball. We are. So we're playing a lot of catch up. We are, and you know what? That's that's okay. I am, I'm okay with that most days. Um, there are occasionally those times that I think back, like, holy shit, I literally wasted two decades of my life. But I, I can't focus on that. Yeah, there's really no point in that. No, exactly, because that's just going to make me spin my wheels, and it, oh, inevitably it will lead nowhere good, right? Yeah. I just I try to continue to focus on doing what's right for my family and putting cash in the bank and paying bills, selling real estate and just moving the train forward at at whatever sometimes tempo and sometimes at whatever cost. And that's it's really easy to sit down here and talk about it. It's not necessarily so easy to do it when you're dragging your ass out of bed at one thirty in the morning after, you know, being out in a truck and then showing houses for 18 20 hours the previous day yeah no I agree and I you know I admire Chris for what he's doing and I'm grateful for him um there's a part of me that's at times jealous because he does get to sit in that truck for eight ten hours a day where no one talks to him or bothers him and more like 12 or 14 and he gets his own time and space um and I live in this place where I feel like I never get that but so what I've been doing over the past couple of weeks is trying to use this time, you know, 
past 7.30 at night, I'm, like, here alone. I mean, when Max here, he's been hanging out with me a little bit. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really want to that much. Neither do I. So why is it okay for him and not me? So anyway, I, you know, I'm really here alone. And that, I think, I'm aware that that can put me in the danger zone. Uh-huh. You know, sitting there from 7.30 at night until whenever I go to bed, you know, three, four hours with idle time. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on using that time. Mm. I have um, not remodeled the bathroom, interestingly enough. No, but I started working out again. I've made sure every single night all the toys are cleaned up. The floor is swept like everything has been cleaned up. So I feel like I've accomplished something. Have you trained the bird dog? No, the bird dog is beyond help. (laughs) Doubt it, bro. They say there's no lost causes. I believe the bird dog is one. See, but the bird dog is not. Did we talk about hunting camp? I don't think we We did because we talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, how joyful I was that she was there. But the camp has come to an end. Camp has come to an end. But bird dog did fantastic. I should post the video. I, Facebook will probably take it down because it's like, you know, hurting pigeons or pheasants or whatever. Anyways, I am super proud of that fucking dog. Yeah, she's a great hunting dog. Eats the couch and Frankie shit and basically whatever else she can get her teeth around. Yes. So we have to, you know, it's a work in progress. Uh-huh. She's an excellent hunting dog. She's not a good house guest. She actually is. She definitely isn't. Well, you don't put things away, so you're not a good house guest. She literally gets things off the counter. They could be away. Out of the sink. Yeah, but they're not away because you don't put them away. Today I was defrosting chicken, and I was cutting it, and I look over, and Birdie's in the empty bag in the sink drinking chicken giblet juices. She's a fucking bird dog. I just think that's inappropriate. Chicken is a bird. Teach her not to eat (laughs) off the counter. I don't know what to tell you. All right, all right. Teach her to herd elephants or cats or something. I don't know. Teach her to stop destroying everything. So anyways, I guess the the moral of the story here is, you know, again, we've we've had some almost unsurmountable, it seems at times, challenges that we have faced as two fucked up alcoholic individuals. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom line is neither of us drank. No, neither of us drank. And you know what? Life happens. It doesn't matter that we got sober. Shit's still going to be thrown our way. And this summer it was like, one fucking curveball after the next. Absolutely. Um, what about you, hon? How have you felt through our summer? Have you been triggered at all? Have you felt at risk? He remodeled <sighs> a bathroom this week, so obviously we know there there's something going on in his mind. That's my manic my manic phase kicking in. That's, it is. That's how I deal with things. Yeah, so we're dealing with Frankie going to school. I was back at work full time this week. We still had Mac. Like, it was an insane week. So Chris had been talking about wanting to put tile in the kids' bathroom. Sure, great idea. What do we, What would you think about this? What would you think about that? Oh, I like that. That looks good. Whatever. This is not on my priority list right now. I got to get Frankie started school. I've got insanity going on at work because we went to, like, a new charting system. Like, I, you know, I can only handle so many things at one time. I still got my mom on the mend. Like, I got a, I got a lot of balls in the air. And then I come home from said work, and the bathroom floor is ripped up, and the toilet is out. See, because I am a man of action. You are a woman 
of yap, yap, yap. No, you just have poor timing sometimes. That's not poor timing. Gets done when it gets done. You actually said to me tonight, this probably was the worst week I could have ever picked to remodel the bathroom. That's actually untrue. No, you literally said it sitting in our family room. It was last night, so you're a liar. Okay, maybe it was last night, but it was, again, worst possible week you could have picked. It was. It was. But once you start, you got to finish. Yeah. And Chris tends to do things like that, right? Like, let's just rip a toilet out and deal with the consequences later. Like being down a toilet and a shower with four people living here all having places to be early in the morning. This is just how much of a fucking out-of-touch asshole you are. God forbid we're down a shower. There are people that literally shower themselves in fucking lakes and streams. Yeah, I get that. You have the luxury of running water. You uppity fuck. All right, I get that, but we're a family that has two bathrooms, or three bathrooms, but two full showers that we have become accustomed to. You got a country club that you belong to (laughs) up the street. You could have gone and fucking showered there, you uppity bitch. Anyway, the bathroom remodel is hopefully almost done. Yeah, a little bit of finish work. It looks lovely. It does. Yeah. But that's, so again, that's kind of how I deal with my shit. Yeah, so Chris will tell you, no, I'm fine. Nothing's bothering me. I got this house that's on the market. I'll say to him, how are you feeling about it? I'm fine. And then I'm going to <laughs> go buy a tile saw. You know what I mean? tools start yeah. ripping up. Exactly. Exactly. So basically he's a liar, but that's a whole nother story. I just, I, I deal with my, I channel my energy into more productive, financially sound moves. Which we all appreciate. I'm just saying. Me too. Okay. It's just, it was, you know, poor poor timing. It is what it is. It is what it so, is. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's no mystery that I have struggled with it, too. Uh, again, I talked about Mimi. I, I talked about Frankie a little bit. I think we're all well aware that I'm in that stage of my alcoholism where things will still fuck me up on a daily basis. And this is where I, as an alcoholic, am 100% wrong occasionally I will pick up the phone and, you know, talk to a friend, um, you know, a mentor, a sponsor, somebody in AA that has probably gone through what I'm going through or at least knows what I'm feeling. It's not something I always do. Again, occasionally I'll tear up a fucking bathroom. Yes. I also think, too, like you saw me struggling this summer with what everything that was going on. And one, I think you... Again, did a great job. But one thing Chris does is you can almost see it on his face. Like he knows, like I, I, you know, I know how much you love me. And I know that you were watching me this summer being like, this is terrible. Like, I I don't, I don't know how to help her. And so instead of being like, Megan, what can I do to help you? Chris likes to like hurl insults. Would you say that's true? Yeah, of course. It's almost like it gets you like. It, it, you, I can see your back go up. Like, you get, like, almost super anxious about it. Like, I know Megan's struggling. I'm like, instead of saying something like, how can I help you? Or do you want to go down the shore and take a little break from life? Because, again, you are so fucking lucky. But no. Instead, I will say stop being a pussy. And funny enough, I actually understand this now as a Chris term of endearment. Certainly. Because you can see it in his face. Like, even though those are the words coming out of his mouth, you can see it in his face, like him being like, I feel fucking helpless right now. I don't know if helpless is accurate, but 
like the fact I I do like, feel I that feel some sort of way. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Or I do have a soul and a conscience and occasionally a heart that's probably clogged from years of foie gras and opiates. And <laughs> let let us not forget about the opiates, darling. Yeah. So we made it through this summer okay. So for everyone that was worried that we haven't been here in three weeks and, you know, we were on our way to divorce or both at the bar, it wasn't actually that at all. And also, thank you very much to the dozens of listeners that reached out to us to ask where we have been. Yeah. I don't know if that was their own selfishness, like, hey, I got a show here that I like to listen to. <laughs> or if it was genuine, like, hey, are you guys okay? What's going on? I have to say that felt really good. You know, don't don't ever forget, like, we are alcoholics and anything can set us off. And, you know, again, once those wheels are set in motion, damage can be done real fucking quick. Yeah. That's a really sobering, no pun intended, notion. Yeah. So we have done a poor job also at managing our time. Yeah. And getting down here to record. So we are going to get back on a better schedule and commit to it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have missed it because in these three weeks when you've been working, you know, and I haven't really seen you and spend time with you, like I said, loneliness is a trigger for me. And this is the one hour a week that we devote to each other to kind of reconnect. Whether it's good, bad, we're bickering, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're in the same space and there's no distractions. Mm -hmm. And by giving that up, I do think that hurts our relationship. I agree. I mean, it's definitely something that we've gotten accustomed to. We talked about it early on, how therapeutic this is for you and I. Obviously, I think other people either, you know, find it therapeutic as well or just plain old entertaining or like, you know, thank their lucky stars every day that they wake up and they're not fucked up alcoholics like we are. I think it serves a purpose for everybody. You know, that coupled with the banter, I think is, you know, why it's so good. And I can honestly say if this summer happened last summer, I don't know if we would have survived it. And I think that this podcast actually has a lot to do with it because we've grown mm. our relationship so much through it. You know, we were ready to face battle this summer when we had to over and over and over again with every other every new thing that came our way. Yeah, it's it's almost, you know, I think a lot of people have that choice of going to decompress via the alcohol. Uh, you know, we know that we don't have that as an option anymore. And for us, you know, it's one of those things like either we are going to face this head on. And as we've previously discussed, sometimes I'm not always good at that. My head on tends to veer off in many different directions. But I think it's one of those great gifts of sobriety is that you learn to deal with things maybe not effectively or more appropriately, but you're certainly better than better off than not drinking you know oh yeah and you're better off than you were before like if you've worked a program you uh you learn how to cope with things because five years ago neither of us could cope with anything <laughs> that's why we just drank through it that's beyond fair yes you drank i snorted you drank too you were just as much of an alcoholic you just think you're cool because you did pills. No, I just prefer opiates, and you're just a pussy because you never did drugs. I know. I'm like the nerdiest 
addict ever. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I just that doesn't appeal to me. I'm <laughs> sure it could have. Like I could have got. I'm sure I could have gotten on that train too and taken off with it. Like you know, yeah, given the opportunity. <laughs> no, I told you. Anything that's constipating, like that, is a deterrent for me. Yeah, I, I think the the benefits of opiates. <laughs> outweigh the risks in that department you haven't had to get a new asshole you have a different perspective on the issue that's because i did opiate <laughs> my system was properly regulated <laughs> anywho you got anything else bill i don't so thanks for bearing with us we will be back to our jovial banterish selves and we've got some good topics that we have coming up we certainly do labor day is coming up next weekend i know is it next weekend yeah it's like friday well, it's Monday, but yeah, so it's nine days away or whatever. I have to say, this summer, after all of it that happened, like when I was starting back at work last week. I thought you didn't have anything else. I was like, bring it. I love the summer. I'm sad to see it go. This summer, I was like, let's wrap this one up. We'll try again next summer. <laughs> put this shit in the book. <laughs> let's put it in the books and move on. Let's uh, have you shut the fuck up and do the same thing with this episode. Okay. Uh, be careful out there. Labor Day. Triggers. Know them people places things don't put yourselves in a bad situation pick up the phone call a friend do what you got to do i'm gonna work on my dick mold for megan and with that say good night darling good night i'm megan and i'm an alcoholic i'm chris i'm an alcoholic friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie alcoholic and asshole please cut off your pets privates and again if you are struggling in any way put your hand up reach out Ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.